Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Sports Geeky Podcast. It is episode number 138. And my name is Alex Streamer. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. We are available as part of the Outsports Podcast family. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know the drill by now, 138 episodes in. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. It is Saturday, October 22nd, next week, Halloween. Ooh, very spooky indeed. And I am spooked with the winter coming because let me tell you, it's really not that cold in Boston, probably about mid-50s right now. And I am sitting here in a sweatshirt draped with a blanket. And my heat is on as well on, again, October 22nd when it's in the mid to upper 50s. So what's it going to look like when we go to the 40s, 30s, God forbid the 20s? I don't know. Maybe I'll be doing this show in a full-fledged skiing outfit, wearing my parkas, layers, winter hats. Who knows? The older I get, the less hospitable uh, I am here with the cold. Maybe I should just move to Florida. People usually do that much later in life, but maybe I should. Well, maybe not Florida. California. How about that? I think we still have time before it gets wiped off the face of the of the country, right? <laughs> From the Pacific. So so we'll see. We'll see. But uh have some good stuff to talk about here on the show, Sports Kiki, episode 138. Uh, two coming out stories that I want to celebrate this week, and then a story about a women's soccer player named Jaylene Daniels who was cut this week from the North Carolina Courage of the Women's Soccer League, the National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL. And that's notable because Jaylene Daniels uh, was also cut from the United States Women's National Team a few years ago. Some would say due to her, or partially because of her anti-LGBTQ beliefs, and that seems to have cost her her position with the North Carolina Courage. So that's an interesting story that I'll talk about in a few moments. But first, the good stuff. Byron Perkins. Who is Byron Perkins, you may ask? Well, he's a defensive back for the Hampton University Pirates. They play, uh, they are they are a, a historically black university, an HBCU, and he publicly came out as gay this week. And that's significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's always significant when an athlete, a college athlete comes out, especially a college football player, given the dearth of out college football players that we've had. And it's also significant because Byron Perkins is the first gay football player to ever publicly come out at an HBCU. So we had the story, Arsid Ziegler, at Outsports this week. Read it if you haven't already. And I love so many things about Byron and what he says, but this quote that he put in his Instagram message, his coming out post, resonated with me the most. He says, I've been told on many occasions that I walk around and look as if I'm upset. This is not because I am an angry person, but because I've put on a mask, a mask that has restricted me. Today, I am destroying that mask. Amen. Amen, Byron. Bravo. It feels good to walk around without a mask on. So congratulations to Byron Perkins. I also had the pleasure this week of speaking with a sports reporter in Denver. She works for Nine News, a local affiliate out there, Ariel Orsudo. She's a gay sports reporter who's now living her best life in the Rocky Mountain State. And this story I love for so many reasons. First, largely because 
of Ariel's path to Denver. Now, when I was in college and I was deciding which track of journalism or broadcasting I wanted to take, TV was always at the bottom of my list. And that's because, well, I'm horrible with production. I mean, I can barely put together this podcast every week and upload it correctly. I'm proud of myself that I figured out how to weave the theme song in and out, fade in, fade out, and my with my very rudimentary production skills and production tools. And at the college level, if you're taking TV broadcasting courses, you have to do it all. You film yourself, you edit the film. It's really more of a production class, frankly, than anything else. And I just want to be in front of the camera, damn it. That's what you pay people for. Have them produce. I'm the star. Anyway, so production never appealed to me. I hate it. If you said, Alex, you have 100 years to figure out how to cut this TV package, I would just be sitting there for 100 years. I would, I would have no idea how to do it. Can't even comprehend how to do it. I mean, photojournalism too. Actually, photojournalism even below TV because... I mean, people think working those cameras is so easy. Uh, no, it is not. Um, and also a reason why TV broadcasting did not appeal to me out of college is because of the path you have to take. I was lucky to stay in Boston after I graduated. I worked as a freelance journalist for about a year, a year and a half. And then I got my dream gig working for sports radio, WEI in Boston, and I've been fortunate enough to stay working as a journalist in Boston since then. But if I were in TV, that almost certainly would not have been the case. You start out at media market number 180, then maybe you move to media market number 85, then maybe you get your big break and you move, and you move to Des Moines, Iowa, nothing against Des Moines, Iowa, and then finally, years and years, if not decades into your career, you get your big break. And talking to Arielle this week, I realized, man, this woman has put in the work. She started her career in Rapid City, South Dakota, which is media market number 169. She then moved to Wichita, Kansas, which is media market number 70. And then in 2019, she got the call to work for Nine News in Denver. Denver is media market number 16. It was, of course, a career-changing job. But more importantly for Ariel, it was a life-changing opportunity. And I say that because when she was coming up through college and in her first TV jobs in Rapid City, South Dakota, Wichita, Kansas, she was told as a young woman on TV, she had to look a certain way. Long hair, dress, smile on her face. Problem is, that's not who Ariel is. Well, she is smiling. But the long hair, the dress, not her. She came out to her friends and family when she was 15 years old, living in a liberal New Jersey suburb outside of Philadelphia, and she couldn't comprehend until she got to college and then started working in the conservative Great Plains that, oh yeah, it's maybe not that easy for everybody. And it wasn't that easy for her. Though she was out in her private life, she was not out publicly. She was afraid to come out publicly because she didn't want to rock the boat. So there she was with her dress and her long hair, and then when she got to Denver, she sat down with the station-style consultant before going on air, and the first words out of that consultant's mouth validated Ariel in a way that she never felt before. The consultant told her 
She would look good if she cut her hair. And now she's thriving, living as an out gay sports reporter in Denver. There's a dearth of out gay TV sports reporters, especially women. Arielle is living her best life as her true self. And while she loves covering the big events, Monday Night Football, she covered the, well, Monday Night Football and Russell Wilson can actually, you know, assuming he can throw a pass, which seems to be a struggle for him this year. Uh, But she covered the Avalanche in their Stanley Cup run and win last season. But now that she's out, and this really resonates with me as well, she says she's now more free to highlight the stories that matter the most to her. She started a series called Fair Game, which explores female athletes and other sports stories impacting marginalized communities. And Ariel said to me, quote, I don't think I would have done that had I not been proudly a part of one of these marginalized communities. And I so feel that because I have a similar story. When I first started in journalism, I was not publicly out. It wasn't that big of a deal because I was not that big of a name at all. I was a freelancer writing for a million places, but I did feel kind of hindered. I was coming out of college. I graduated in 2015. So when Michael Sam comes out in 2014, Jason Collins comes out in 2013, Robbie Rogers comes out around that time too in the MLS, I'm dying, dying, even as a college student to weigh in on this. You know, we're all obsessed. You know, tweet about this. I, you know, at the time I had what, maybe like 70 followers. Got to get my thoughts out here. Got to write something. But I felt like I couldn't because then I would lead people on and I couldn't express myself truly. And now since being out, I publicly came out on WEI in 2016 when I was 23. So fortunately, I really didn't have to be pretend, pretend to be somebody I wasn't for very long. And as soon as I got into a more front-facing public job, I ripped the Band-Aid off right away. And I'm so fortunate and thankful for that. Um, but, you know, if I were still closeted publicly, obviously I wouldn't have this job at OutSports. And I would be completely handicapped. I would not be able to be my true self. I would not be able to lend my true perspective to issues, which would be a problem as a host, a columnist. Um, so I totally feel that. And that's something that we hear all the time when athletes come out, they say that not only do they feel like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders off the field, but on the field as well, it takes so much mental energy and it's so tiring to constantly worry about what others are thinking. Will others find out? You're really playing the game with one hand tied behind your back because your mind is not all the way there. You're constantly worried about covering your tracks. And once you come out and once you're free, like Ariel, you can truly live your best life and do your best work. And that's what she's doing in Denver. So congratulations to Ariel or Sudo. Love to hear it. All right. Last story I want to talk about here this week. As I said at the top, Jaylene Daniels is a professional soccer player, formerly of the North Carolina Courage of the National Women's Soccer League. And Daniels, as I was also saying, is best known in some circles as the player 
who simply refused to have anything to do with pride. When she played for the United States Women Nationals team, she refused to wear their pride uniform. She didn't make the World Cup a World Cup club, of course, and she left the team after that. Of course, the United States Women's National Team and its members say that had nothing to do with Daniels not making the team, not staying with the team. But given Megan Rapinoe and the scores of other out athletes, out stars on that team, I have to imagine it probably played a role. Jalen Daniels doesn't want to wear the pride uniform, means she doesn't want to publicly support her out teammates. Mm, maybe she should find another team. So I get that. And it seems like a similar story played out with the North Carolina Courage. This season, she refused to play in a match for the Courage when the club decided to wear LGBTQ supportive rainbow kits. So she once again refused to publicly support the LGBTQ community. There are out players in the NWSL. It has a large base of out fans as well. And Daniels basically gave all of them the middle finger. Now, I, and we've talked about this time and time again on the show, I am a huge proponent of second chances. And with the North Carolina Courage signed Daniels, a lot of soccer fans, NWSL fans, said that they were canceling their season tickets, they were no longer watching their teams, abandoning the North Carolina Courage. How could they do this? And at first I said, well, let's see. Maybe Jaylene Daniels has changed her viewpoint. Maybe she now would be open to showing more support for her LGBTQ teammates, players, and fans. But obviously that did not happen because she refused to wear LGBTQ supportive paraphernalia this past season. And, you know, it's tricky, right? On one hand... I don't like any environment where everybody has to adhere to the same principle and the same line of thinking. Groupthink is very dangerous. And I think there always should be room for dissenting opinions. And if Jaylene Daniels personally does not think that same-sex marriage should be legalized or if she maybe has some questions about transgender people and their participation in sports, women's sports in particular. There are, I struggle with the same-sex marriage because ultimately you're saying that one group of people is not worthy of something that everybody else can do, marriage. And here in our country, our uh, family values type society. We have a lot of financial incentives tied to marriage. So then you're saying a large group of people cannot access those advantages. They can't visit their loved ones in hospitals potentially, etc. It's messy. It's really bad. So I struggle with that ultimately, but there are respectful ways to show it. There is a line that you can kind of try to tiptoe around. But Jalen Daniels just, I don't think, has shown respect to LGBTQ people. And in a sport with a lot of LGBTQ players, a lot of LGBTQ fans, I can see how that would be a problem. 
it's similar to racism, right? Let's say that, I don't know, in NWSL, I mean, I know February is Black History Month and they don't play in February, but let's just say that an NBA team, let's say an NBA team uh, was doing promotions for Black History Month. And one of the things that players were asked to do was wear jerseys with a patch to signify Black History Month, Black culture, etc. And let's say there's a white player on that NBA team who refuses to wear the patch to recognize Black History Month. I think in a league that is heavily black, that would be a major problem. It would be a major problem anyway, in any sport, in any facet of society, but that would be a major, major problem. And that player would probably be cut. It would probably not be signed again by another NBA team. So Jalene Daniels refusing to wear a rainbow paraphernalia, pride uniforms time and time again over a span now of multiple years shows that she's, again, just not being respectful. And I understand that. Sid Ziegler wrote about it this week. He pointed to another case of a former player for the Portland Thorns, an NWSL team, a player named Sydney Nacello, who was released after fans discovered she had retweeted someone else's tweet saying trans women don't belong in the female sports category. That, to me, is much more gray, and I hate digging up people's old tweets and retweets in particular. But Daniels, I think, is a different story. Nacelle has continued playing professionally in Europe, and if Daniels wants to continue her professional soccer career, it seems like she's going to have to follow a similar path. And in this one... I'm not shedding any tears. She dug her own grave, her own professional grave, as you would say. So thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. As always, if you have any show ideas, topic ideas, guest ideas, hit me up on Twitter. Against my better judgment, my DMs are open. At AlexRemer1 is my username. That again is at AlexRemer1. So long, everybody. I'll talk to you next Saturday.